Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in New York City, New York, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. Welcome back to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights Radio. Uh, we are, we've hit our stride. I know, we're rocking and rolling. Yeah, it's early afternoon. We have had some marvelous conversations in the most beautiful of environments in the, in the Helmsley building. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. On Park Avenue. Some of the most beautiful elevators, elevators. you've ever seen in, in, the <laughs> world, is, in the world. That The comments that we get, nice building, gorgeous elevators. Right. Who right? leads with elevators? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we're also doing some, some work here of some... Substance, we've had some really insightful discussions with learning leaders from a variety of industries. Uh, this is going to be no exception. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast Senior Global Compliance and Training Leader, a young lady that has a great deal of specialized knowledge and a thing or two to say about key challenges in global compliance training, Miss Jennifer Tochi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So compliance training... That sounds interesting. Do you have any uh, top tips you want to share about that? Challenges, maybe? (laughs) Well, besides taking your training, um, top challenges. That's the first thing to be compliant in, is to actually take the training. Yes, absolutely. It's really simple, right? Take your training. Um, Also, how on our end, really, identifying the target audience, who needs the training. Right. Um, It's easy to say everyone, but uh, you really have to get down to the nitty gritty and also the relevance of the training materials. So, you know, stepping back, training completion, very simple. It's, It's cultivating that culture at any institution, regardless of whether it's a financial institution um, or, or or somewhere else um, in a different industry. But completing the training is key, especially in compliance. You're going to have your regulators, your, your oversight bodies asking, did someone complete the training? Or if something happens, they're going to look, well, did that person, were they trained on that topic? Did they complete their training? Right, because that's the first thing out of their mouth when something happens, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Did they complete the training, right? It's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true because as an employer, your responsibility is to provide them with the education, the resources they need to hopefully be compliant and be ethical employees. Now, is there a challenge because it's so regulated and compliance is so important that it's so dry that it's hard to be like engaging and um you know so that they're completing it but maybe they're not tochi training is not dry thank you (laughs) this is a bias you're bringing to the conversation the tochi method compliance is (laughs) scary right right. (laughs) um sometimes the topic is dry it just depends but a lot of times it's you're removing people from being productive from making money from the bottom line Uh and so that's why they it's just not important. Training ends up, you know, we keep pushing it away in, in that inbox and you're, you're dealing with what your day-to-day responsibilities are. Right. And although training should be one of them, it, it isn't, right? Is there any methodology you prefer over another for uh, compliance training? Uh, depending on the size of the audience, online. It is the most effective, most efficient way to, to reach a large audience. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, you know, it can be mobile if, if an institution's resources are set up for that. And uh, hopefully people can be a, a bit more efficient in completing the training. You don't need to pull them into a room. So it probably aids on the documentation side, too, right? Though with the benefit Absolutely. of the technology, if, you, if you've got it... Uh 
virtual if it's e-learning. The, the documentation is probably easier. But on the other side, kind of back to your initial question, Lee, does that mean that you're very limited in how creative and sexy and fun you can make the training? Not necessarily. Uh, you can make it very sexy um, and fun by having interactivity. Right, Can you again. believe we've said sexy twice in a whole conversation dedicated to compliance? <laughs> compliance How's that for innovative? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go ahead. Um, you can definitely make it exciting by having different levels of interactivity. Also, even drilling down to allow the learner to self-identify themselves. And so by self-identifying, they can say, okay, I'm in this geographic location. Right. I work in this particular department, division, business line. And if there's any subcategories to that, and then what it, their role is, if you're able to identify their role through HR data, and then that will display or bring to that particular learner the specific slides or sections in, under that topic that are relevant to them. And so now you've taken something that could be 60 minutes, but now you've identified where they're located, where they work, what their role is, and you're only going to sh show them what's relevant to them, in addition to fun potential games in the training, different uh, pictures, images, maybe links to policies and procedures, that give them that interactivity, even scenarios, small videos within the training as well, make it interesting. Can you share uh, an anecdote maybe from your past that you were able to do that to make it more engaging that you actually saw like, oh, this worked way better than what we had previously done? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, in so many multiple places that uh, I've worked, we've been able to really streamline the training that way when a learner sees that hey wait i can self-identify what my down to my role so that self-identification that's a pro tip you think that it, to make yeah. it kind of personal that Absolutely. really creates a level of engagement that if you don't do that then you're really missing out if you you have to be able to do it from a technology perspective right obviously that, right that's that's first and foremost but i think that that shows the learners that you are um listening to them that you understand that their what they need to learn is based on potentially geographic loca location department and down to their role and so you're making the training relevant to them you're showing them the 15 slides that they need to see instead of the extra 45 that they don't need to see and right. therefore you're saving time you're giving them productivity back so i have to ask mm -hmm. uh do you find different cultures are are quicker to embrace the um, e-learning or different types of training like do you find western cultures really are are eager to embrace this and will jump on this type of modality or methodology and an asian culture is, you know do you find differences in cultures and the kind of training that they respond to and want to engage with um a little bit it really depends i think on the if that individual or that culture is english speaking what their level of um, English is. Uh, I've worked for institutions where English is not their first language. Uh, for the majority of people who come into the U.S., they're expatriates uh, from another country. And I found that live in-person classroom training works much better, right? They can see you. They can uh, understand right, you right. a little that bit better. Sense. Even if you do video, that helps a lot. But you can spend the time, you can slow down your speaking. I've gotten comments where I tend to speak quickly. And so you learn that, okay, take a step back, speak slower. Your next move is louder, right? That always works. <laughs> Yelling, right? Um, reiterating, <laughs> being able to reiterate certain points. You can also see their understanding, right? You can see 
how they're reacting to what you're saying. And right. so you can take a step back and say, you know what, let me repeat it. Let me reword it, rephrase it so that they do get it. Is there a way to, uh, are there some techniques you use when you're doing it uh, via video that you're able to kind of poll or gauge the um, engagement? Absolutely. When you're doing video or um, web type oh, right. base, you have a, a, what they call rooms or conversations and people can type in. And that works a lot because you can see the words and how they're trying to phrase their question or phrase their response. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people can raise their hands in those rooms or some kind of way to notify right. you that, hey, take a minute. I have a question I don't understand. So your backstory. Tell us, what did you do before you got into this arena? Um, or do you remember? Do I remember? <laughs> We're talking to a very attractive young lady for our listeners who can't see. It's not like I'm talking to someone <laughs> of a lot of years. But, but no, I mean, I can tell that you're seasoned and you've been at this a while. Did, but you. was there a life prior to this? Um, it wasn't very long. Uh, I was a... I worked in financial services in the retail space as a hybrid customer service and teller. So I liked to count money. <laughs> right, you enjoyed that, uh, right? And went to a lot of training, and that's really where the interest began. Uh -huh. And uh, kind of was very fortunate to have very good support and managers in that lifetime, in that uh, initial uh, foray into financial services and sort of found my way into training and then compliance training specifically. So you got to experience training firsthand from the kind of learner side exactly and that gave you uh some perspective of what things you like oh, and things you don't yeah like. it was yeah. fascinating fascinating right? to you know how they put together training how they teach people i mean not literally mm -hmm. to count money but to go through that process right you're changing behavior you're right. trying to add skills to people and you're trying to teach them something new or something obviously in, in the world of compliance to protect themselves and the institution from any issues and, and potential fines. And so that, that was always fascinating. And compliance itself, I, I think it's fascinating. And so that's, I'm kind of a, a little bit of a compliance and training geek. <laughs> so and, you, uh, you learning and development types, I've just, I, I've observed uh, in, in previous things that we've done like this and certainly throughout today, you guys are really good about sharing best practices and information with each other. And hey, here's what we're learning and we've tried this. Do you find yourself from time to time doing that kind of thing with other practitioners in general and maybe in particular with other practitioners that are focused in the compliance arena? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to share, right? You, um, your goal in the end is all the same. You want your learners to be engaged. You want your learners to have some measure of success, whether it's the knowledge and to keep themselves in the institution out of trouble. But learning is fun. I think teaching people is fun. I'd wanted to be an elementary school teacher. Uh, I think that teaching adults is a, is a lot less chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, you get feedback. It's nice to hear that, um, that light bulb or see that light bulb go off when you teach a concept and they understand, you know, oh, that's why we have to do this every day, right? Whether it's something as simple as, settling your your cash box as a teller or making a successful referral right and it, it's knowing what's at the heart of it and what the intention is whether you necessarily believe in it or not there is an ultimate goal you want to keep your job and you want your you know the people <laughs> that employ you to remain available to provide you with a job and so i guess that's another pro tip is kind of have the end in mind of what you're trying to accomplish at the exactly. end of the day right exactly so uh, what's 
next for you? Are you going to be working on designing new training in the coming months or what are you, what are you going to be doing with your time, you think? Um, hopefully designing new training, maybe kicking off a program for some future mm-hmm. employer, but, uh, you know, definitely continue in the training space, whether it's with compliance training or more of a L&D type role. But this is a very exciting time for, for people like you with your skill set and the kinds of, of things that, that you enjoy doing. I mean, the sky's the limit. You've got new technologies coming out every day. You got, you've got people uh, capturing and sharing a great deal of data about what they're doing in, in, in their field. This has got to be a, a really exciting time for, for people in your profession. Oh, absolutely. If, if you just look at what training roles are available, companies are realizing that training is key, whether it's compliance, whether it's an HR, L&D type function. Training is key in order to get anything done these days. And any your auditors, your regulators, they're all looking for training in order to make sure that to some extent, your employees are doing what they're supposed to do. And with the new technology, I mean, it's so much more fun with new technologies and trying to come up with creative ways to deliver training, whether it's through video, it's through webcast, it's uh, through interactive online or even in person with interactivity and involving technology. It's a lot of fun. And then mobile learning. I mean, I think that that is, it's awesome, right? You've got a lot of people who are road warriors and they're able to do, to get them into an office is very difficult because they practically live in their cars and to have ways to do it on an iPad or some type of mobile device. And they have a similar experience to the rest of their colleagues. It's fantastic. Yeah. And that's scalable and it's cost effective. We hope so. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you tell her about the training program that you're designing? Lee, uh, his idea for the summer, he's going to put on a, a GoPro and do a whole training program called Don't Do This. <laughs> right? I think we're going to get a lot of YouTube hits on that one. You don't, You haven't heard of a GoPro learning? <laughs> she, she knows what a GoPro is. I know, but to see it in the Perhaps world. Perhaps that's the way, right? You go right, around, just, it's a little wobbly. <laughs> right. And then you go, this is how I'm counting money. Right, right. Like, don't put, don't put don't, anything right. in your pocket. It comes obvious, right? Uh, no, it really is fun. Exciting times. Uh, what's a good way to catch up with you if we have a project that we might want your expert uh, uh, input on? Or if we just want to collaborate with you, or if Lee and I want to hang out with you some more and ask you some more questions, you have like a uh, uh, a LinkedIn, an email. What, what, what's a good way to stay connected? Yes, yeah, so you can absolutely find me on LinkedIn and just search for my name and reach out to me there. You got it. Well, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us this afternoon. I have to tell you, we just had lunch um, before we interviewed you. And as a general rule, as many of our listeners know, and everyone here on the uh, on the Training Pros team knows, after lunch, I generally take a nap. That's a, but, that's a good thing. <laughs> but I am so invigorated now. I think I can make it through the entire afternoon without, <laughs> w- without a nap. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. We will be back in a few from Park Avenue. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.